G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. The New Testament shows us two particular followers of Christ, each guilty of an offence against the Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie comments. One betrayed Jesus, one denied Jesus, but here's where there's a difference. One came to his senses, Simon Peter, and was restored by Jesus. The other, Judas Iscariot, never repented, and he was separated from Jesus. Where will your guilt drive you? This is the day when the lost are found. us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's something we all have in common. We're sinners. The critical factor is what comes next. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us in the Gospel of John how two of the Lord's own committed sins and significant sins while following the Lord. One chose the pathway of repentance and restoration and the other chose the path of rebellion and destruction. It's a lesson today on how we should respond to our own sin. Here in John 13, the Lord's hour has come. The hour of His arrest, His suffering, His crucifixion, and His resurrection from the dead. Go to verse 21 of John 13. Now Jesus was deeply troubled. And He exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, wondering whom he could mean, and the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. By the way, that's John. John describes himself in his gospel as the disciple that Jesus loved. And Simon Peter mentioned to him, what's he talking about? I love that. What's he talking about? What does this even mean? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and said, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it's the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. And when Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered him. Jesus told him, hurry up and do what you're gonna do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling them to go and pay for the food or give money away to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out, into the night. It's worth noting that Judas was so effective in his lie and so cunning and so skillful an actor, no one even suspected him until Jesus made it clear he was the one. Know this, you can fool all of the people some of the time. You can fool some of the people all of the time. But you can't fool God any of the time. So Jesus had Judas's number. He knew what was going on. But it's really incomprehensible 
that a man with such opportunity could so squander it. I mean, think about Judas for a moment. Judas Iscariot heard with his own ears the Sermon on the Mount. Judas Iscariot saw Lazarus resurrected from the dead. Judas Iscariot saw Jesus walking on the water. Judas Iscariot saw the feeding of the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes. And Judas Iscariot also heard the teaching of the Lord when he talked about the wheat and the tares together. And how the tares look like the wheat, but they're not the wheat. And they uproot the wheat. And they're imitations of the wheat. And that would have certainly applied to him. But instead of turning to God, he became filled with anger and jealousy and bitterness. You know, there's an interesting uh, parallel character in the Old Testament to Judas, King Saul, the first king of Israel. And Saul was uh, a man who was initially blessed and called by God to be the king. He began well, but there were some small compromises that led to larger ones, and ultimately he was rejected by God. And the Bible tells us an evil spirit began to torment him. But there was a young shepherd boy named David that would come in and rock out an electric guitar. No, he would play a harp. But what is a harp? It's like a guitar, right? He played a stringed instrument. So he would come in and play a song for King Saul and the demon would not torment the king for that short period of time as David would sing worship songs to the Lord. But then when David left, the demon would come back and torment Saul again. So he'd call for David to come in. And then one time he got angry at David and threw a javelin at him, almost killed him. So David was a little apprehensive of performing for Saul now. You can understand. But I find that interesting. You would think, well, why wouldn't Saul like believe in the God that David worshiped uh, and then he wouldn't be tormented by these demons? And you know, sometimes I think non-believers feel, well, you know, maybe I need a little religion. You know, I've gone through this trauma. I've gone through this crisis. So I'll go to church every now and then, get a little religion, read a little bit of the Bible, sing a little bit of some worship song. That makes me feel a little bit better. Well, that's fine. We're glad that worship helps you and the message helps you. But ultimately, the answer is you don't need a little religion. You need a lot of Jesus in your life. That's the answer. But... uh, King Saul didn't want that, nor did Judas. You know, you might think, well, I should go through a little religious ritual, like I'll get baptized, or oh, you know what, I'll receive communion. That'll be good, I'll have communion with the Christians. A little ritual, do me some good. That actually won't do you any good at all. And in fact, to receive the elements of communion without believing in the one they represent can actually be detrimental to you spiritually. Because the apostle says that as we receive these elements, if we don't know the one they represent, or as he put it, receive them in an unworthy manner, we eat and drink judgment to ourselves. So here's Judas exposed to all the miracles, all the teachings, the perfect example of Christ. And while the others were having their lives changed, his heart was getting darker and harder Reminding us of the truth of the statement, the same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. The same sun that makes a living tree grow dries up the dead tree. And the same gospel message that transforms one drives another into sin. I I can't explain it. One can hear it, it changes their life. Another hears it and, and they get harder in their sin. It's kind of an amazing thing actually. 
And truthfully, that's all on you. It's not on the gospel. The gospel is true. It's not on the Bible. The Bible's alive and powerful. It's not on God. It's on you. Because you choose how you will react. You choose what kind of soil your heart is. You choose it to be receptive soil to the seed of God's word, or you choose to have soil like concrete to God's word. It's all up to you. So that was Judas exposed to the truth. Listen, if a person can habitually commit sin without any sense of conviction or remorse, that would be a clear indicator they don't know God. But you say, but Greg, they went forward at a harvest crusade or at one of the services, and Greg, they have a start Bible. They have a SoCal harvest sticker on their car. Surely they're a Christian. Well, I hope they are, but it doesn't mean they are. Because if you can continue in sin without any remorse, that would say to me, you don't know God at all. Hey, don't judge me, man. Don't judge my journey. I will judge you. <laughs> because I'm told to judge you by God himself. Oh, no, no, judge not lest you be judged. <laughs> That's like the non-believer's favorite verse, by the way. They always default to that. Judge not lest you be judged. Which means, go away. <laughs> I want to keep doing what I'm doing and I don't want to listen to you, Christian. But people misunderstand the verse. What it means is when it says judge not lest you be judged, it means condemn not lest you be condemned. I would never condemn anybody. I wouldn't say, oh, you're, I condemn you. You don't know God. You're going to hell. I don't know that about you. Only God knows. That's what that verse means. But judge means to evaluate. And the Bible says judgment begins at the house of God. And the Bible even says we should judge one another, right? That doesn't mean condemn one another, it means make evaluations, right? Okay, so if I see you're doing something that contradicts what the Word says, and I bring it to your attention and say, you know, you're a Christian, but you're out getting drunk, that contradicts Scripture. You're a Christian, but you know, you're having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend, that contradicts Scripture. Excuse me, you're a Christian, but you're looking at porn, that contradicts Scripture. Don't judge me. No, sorry, I will judge you. And I'll tell you why I'll judge you, because I love you. And I don't want you to go that way, because that would indicate to me you don't know God. Now look, if you struggle with something, and you want to repent of it, that's one thing, all right? But if you continue in that sin without any desire to change, and not even feeling it's wrong, despite what the Bible clearly says, that would say to me, you don't know God. Because the Bible says, by their fruit you will know them. And that fruit is not good. So think of me as a fruit inspector. <laughs> not to hurt you, but to help you. I would never confront someone about something like that to drive them away. The Bible says if you see someone who's overtaken in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So the idea is I come humbly to you. Hey, I'm capable of doing the same thing. But I want to help you because I don't want to see your life get wrecked by sin. So if you don't have that concern in your life, it makes you wonder. You know, the Bible says if you're a believer, the Lord will discipline you. And if he doesn't discipline you, well, that would indicate you're not a believer. Thanks for joining us for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. 
Today, Pastor Greg's message is based in John chapter 13. We're considering the sin of Judas Iscariot, who betrayed the Lord himself. Let's continue. So Judas, he missed all the cues. (laughs) He turned his back on all the opportunities. He went through it and he betrayed Jesus and walked out, the Bible says, at the end of that story, into the night. It's even so telling, that phrase, he walked into the night. You know, Judas's life could be summed up in that phrase, Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now there's one other little vignette in this uh, chapter. We won't really get into it because our time is up, but let me just paraphrase it because something else happened. Judas betrays Jesus and he walks out. So Simon Peter, good old Simon Peter, thought this would be a great time to boast of his love for the Lord. And he said, you know what? Even if all deny you, I will never deny you. Like, yeah, Judas, he's a loser. I always knew he was a loser. But you can count on me, Simon Peter, who, by the way, you nickname The Rock. (laughs) And I am The Rock, Lord. And Jesus said, well, Rock, let me tell you something. Before the roosters crowed twice, you will deny three times that you knew me. (laughs) No way. Though all deny you, I will never deny you. No, you'll do it, Peter. In fact, you won't do it once, you won't do it twice, you do it three times. Well, what happened? You know the rest of the story. We'll get to it later in John, but that's exactly what Peter did. So they both walked into the night. One betrayed Jesus, one denied Jesus, but here's where there's a difference. One came to his senses, Simon Peter, and wept and was restored by Jesus. The other never repented, and he was separated from Jesus. Where will your guilt drive you? I would suggest you run into the open arms of the Lord, who will forgive you no matter what you've done. Yes, it's true. What came as a result of this is the worst act of sinfulness, maybe in human history, the torture and the murder of Jesus, yet from it came the greatest good because Jesus died for the sin of the world. And more specifically, he died for your sin and he died for mine because he didn't stay on the cross. He rose again from the dead. Death died when Christ rose. So that's the good news for all of us. I wish I could control this world and can stop any harm that would come to any child of God or or any person for that matter, but we can't. We live in a fallen world with evil people. We live in bodies that break down and don't work the way they used to work or, uh, you know, and our health fails and, and we have all the things happen to us that happen to anyone else. But here's the good news. If you put your faith in Christ, you do not have to be afraid because you will go straight into the presence of God in heaven. That's the hope of the believer. Do you have that hope? So we're gonna pray in a moment and I want to extend an invitation to you because this could be your last night to come to Christ. We don't know what the future holds. We know who holds the future though, don't we? But 
Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from the dead now stands at the door of each of our lives and he knocks and says, if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. You can have Christ come and forgive you of all of your sin. I don't care what you've done, God will forgive you. Listen, if Jesus would have forgiven Judas Iscariot, you don't think he would forgive you? Well, I don't know, I've done some really radical things. Yeah, you don't think God doesn't know about it already? God knows everything you've done. But he'll forgive you because Christ died on the cross for that sin and took God's judgment upon himself instead of you having to face it. He died in your place. And if you'll turn from that sin and believe in him, you can be forgiven. So we're gonna pray and I'm gonna extend this invitation for any of you that are not sure if Jesus is living inside of you. And some of you maybe who knew the Lord at one time but you've fallen away. Hey, you're a little bit like a Simon Peter. You know, Peter loved the Lord, but he messed up. He needed a second chance, and Jesus gave it to him. And he'll give you a second chance if you'll come back to him if you need to. Say, Lord, I denied you, or Lord, I committed this sin, or I fell short over here. Forgive me, I need to return to you, and the Lord will forgive you and give you that second chance you need. So if you need Jesus to come into your life, or you need that second chance, Respond to this opportunity now as we pray together. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word to us and thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place. And now we pray, Lord, that you will speak to any person here that does not know you yet. Let this be a moment of transformation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if listening to today's message has inspired you to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you with that right now. Guess what? Jesus Christ is with you right where you are right now. And if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, if you want to invite him into your life, why don't you pray this prayer after me right now? In fact, I would even encourage you to pray it out loud. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life and forgive me of my sin. I thank you for dying for me on the cross and then rising again from the dead. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my God, and be my friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now listen, as you just prayed that prayer, maybe you felt something emotional. I've had people write me and tell me of how they prayed with me at the end of our radio broadcast and tears came down their cheeks or they felt a great joy. Maybe one of those things happened to you or then again, maybe you felt nothing. Listen, irregardless of how you feel right now, I want you to know a fact. If you prayed that prayer and meant it, Jesus Christ has come into your life. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. That verse doesn't say, so you can think you have eternal life or hope if God's in a really good mood, you may have eternal life. No, it says you can know it. And if you just prayed that prayer and meant it, Christ has come into your life. So let me say to you, welcome to God's family. 
and we'd like to help you get started in living your new life with the Lord. We'd like to send you some follow-up materials free of charge to help you on your new journey. It's called our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And when you call, the team would love to pray with you too. That's 1-800-772-936. Call today. Next time, Pastor Greg continues his series called Life, based in the Gospel of John. We'll begin a close look at the Holy Spirit and His work in each of our lives. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Whatever. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, you can contact Vision Christian Store by calling 1-800-005011 or online at visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.